May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Guk Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Pubov Guk Audio and Guk Archives, preserving the legacy of Shunju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his, and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we're going to have a memorial podcast for Nonin Chawaini, who passed away on July 29, 2022. Just about a week ago, huh? Nonin uh, was uh, the abbot of the Omaha Zen Center in Nebraska for many years. And uh, much loved, very interesting guy. Now, uh, some of you uh, are quite familiar with some aspects of him in a one period of his life when he and I were together <laughs> at uh, Shogoji in Kyushu near Kumamoto and the town of Kikuchi in the hot springs town and from Kikuchi uh, you go to the Shogoji which uh, I called in thank you and okay, Hogoji. And I called Kikuchi Kikuoka. And I didn't even say it was near Kumamoto. I said it was near Beppu, which is over on the other side of Kyushu. It's on the west side. And uh, I didn't call him Nonin. I called him Norman. He, his name occurs 401 times in that book. <laughs> he and I and Elon and uh, uh, who I was married to then, and, uh, and I used her real name, and Harada Shodo Roshi, uh, who I called Watanabe Roshi, and Dining Katagiri, Katagiri Roshi. Those are the main characters. Well, I keep thinking mm, about some other people that are sort of prominent, but those are the main ones, I'd say. Uh, anyway, Nonin uh, was, uh, his presence in the book was almost entirely at uh, Hogoji with me. And uh, that, that book... Uh, really <laughs> exposed a lot of the problems he was having and the emotional turmoil he was going through and his inner thoughts. And uh, when it was ready to publish, it was uh, published by Penguin. Uh, when it was, you know, well, when it was being worked on, I I sent him 
uh, the manuscript. And uh, I wondered what he would say. Uh, and um, he, he uh, wrote back that he read it two times, cried through the second part both times, and took extensive notes, but then decided it was perfect and told me not to change a word. And uh, he said he was very impressed with my memory and he'd be more careful in the future with uh, what he said around me. <laughs> anyway, uh, he was a great guy. He was at Tassajara. Uh, he was the... Um, Shuso, the head monk, uh, under Mel Weitzman there. Uh, and uh, Katagiri, uh, Dining Katagiri was his teacher. Uh, and uh, Katagiri came to Dasara while he was there. Uh, and um, I don't know the details, really. It's on, you know, I was looking at it on cuke.com. It's just in the Tassara. 25-year book, it's um, listed. Uh, but anyway, um, I'll have those things. I'll, I'll have a bunch of stuff I already do on his uh, Cuke page. If you just go to cuke.com and write Nonin, N-O-N-I-N, in the site search box, a link to his page will come up. Or if you have trouble with that. Or another way uh, to find it is to go to the People drop-down menu click on names, and then there's like over 500 names, and you could do a control F on a PC or a command F on a Mac and write known in, and that'll go to his name there, and you could hit that link and go to his page. <laughs> um, anyway, um, let me read you a little bit from Thank You and Okay about him. It's all, listen, it's all... Well, almost entirely, you know, stuff he told me or stuff that happened between us. So this is from uh, an early chapter, um, Hogoji, uh, which is Shogoji. <laughs> and, um, oh, it, uh, the temple, it mentions the, the mother temple for it, uh, I call Suienji. It was uh, Zuioji. And uh, Nishiki Roshi was uh, Narazaki Roshi. Uh, but there were two Narazakis. Um, anyway, I, did, I just made him one. Or maybe only one of them was involved with uh, Shogoji. Anyway, so uh, here it's got a bit about him that uh, gives you a little background. Uh, he and I have just... Uh, been reunited when I I arrived there and we hadn't seen each other in a while you know a few years maybe I studied Norman's imposing figure Elin says that when she first saw him at Zen Center the sight of him intimidated her she says he lumbers about like Chewbacca from Star Wars I wondered what impression he makes on Japanese people all Norman had been doing for the prior two years was living at Hogoji and the head temple of Suienji 
and he was fairly out of touch with everything else. He said he was there because Katagiri wanted him to train in a Japanese temple for a few years under the guidance of Nishiki Roshi. Katagiri and Nishiki had studied under the same teacher after World War II and were thus Dharma brothers. That teacher, incidentally, was um, Hashimoto. Nishiki is the abbot of Suienji and of Hogoji, one of its sub-temples. He visits at least mm, every six months when there is a memorial ceremony called Hoyo. Norman had been studying with Katagiri since the ripe age of 36. He's got a little age on most folks in the American Zen scene. Lots of us were born at the end of World War II. Uh, the Japanese surrendered about the time he entered kindergarten. He was out of college before the war in Vietnam was going strong, and the draft missed him. He was uh, post-Korean War, too, so his schooling was of the 50s and early pre-radical 60s. He was teaching English in a junior college when the anti-war and hippie movements got going. He caught up quickly, and before the school administration could say counterculture, he was demonstrating with his students, and then dropped out. Norman got up and slid the shoji open more to allow additional sunlight in. He continued, Anyway, I got tired of teaching kids who couldn't read and write, and with the war and all, things started losing their meaning. So he left the academic environment and became a welder. Better money, and not without human interest, as he put it. He made a bundle welding in nuclear power plants. He used to work at one site till his exposure to radiation had gone over the limit, and then he'd go to another till he was over the limit there, and by the time he'd used them all up, he could go back to the first one. He said that was standard practice. I feigned backing off. He told me how he'd cut corners on the job. For instance, he said they were always having to attach pipes to the walls for one reason or another, and the pipes would be mounted on steel plates that had to be connected with four deeply set bolts each. The trouble was that they were always hitting rebar, which meant that the plate would have to be reset but the rebar was all over because the structures are so overbuilt. What we do in a case like that, he said, is cut the head off the bolt and just weld the head to the plate. Then the inspectors would come along and check everything, which included pulling out some of the bolts to make sure we were putting them in right. Well, we'd sit there praying and having conniption fits, especially the foreman. I never saw them hit a bad one, but I dreamed of it. Norman's a city boy from Milwaukee. He said that his parents were racists, and this was an embarrassment to him. In the 1970s, he was living in Minneapolis and got involved with the weathermen, not in violent acts, but in harboring refugees who were running from the law. As a result of this, he would years later be denied a security clearance to teach Zen at a nearby federal prison. 
For a while, he was making money by playing lead guitar in a rock band. He spent a lot of time hanging out with black friends from the music scene, which led to meeting politicized blacks. He was getting angrier and angrier about racism and the plight of the poor. The weathermen in the basement added to the paranoia of the situation. One day he was reading Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, and decided he needed uh, a change and would give Zen a try. So, you know how I found the Zen Center in Minneapolis, he said? No. How? I looked it up in the phone book. I just opened the phone book and turned to Z, and there was Zen Center. I went there, met Kanagiri Roshi, and here I am. That's funny, I said. That's just what happened to me, except it was a different part of the country in a different decade. Found it in the phone book, met Katagiri. Suzuki was visiting Japan at the time, and here we are. And you were into civil rights and SDS in the 60s, too. Yeah, we're practically twins. Are you still committed to racial and economic justice, I asked him. Absolutely, he answered. Me too, I said. What are you doing about that? Nothing. Me either. Well, let me think, he said in a voice of reason. I'm poor and I'm a priest. Buddhism has been a gentle but powerful revolutionary force for the poor. Not always, but not so much in Japan. Recently, at least, but it can be. I'm doing what I can. It's not enough, but it's hard to help anyone. Like they say, I said. You can spend your whole life trying to do just one kind act. Ah, well, he said, I guess we're just a couple of frustrated, guilty liberals. But keep in mind that most of us ended up in these ridiculous robes as a result of frustration from desperately wanting to help others and failing miserably. Remember? Yeah, I nodded, I guess so. Katagiri never gives his blessing easily to people wanting to run around helping everyone, but he takes it seriously. Just look at the number of students of his who are nurses or therapists or in one helping field or another. Japanese don't respect dabbling, but if you throw yourself into something and stick with it, then they respect it. Katagiri just wants people to know who they are first. Okay, so... That's a bit from um, thank you and okay. There's tons. I was wrong when I searched for uh, Norman to find that. There were 412 uh, possibilities. And, you know, they were just all listed. I, I'm, I was reading that out of Kindle. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read you a couple of poems by Norman, by Nonin, <laughs> pardon me. They're pretty short. And no name on them. Starting here, what do you want to remember? How sunlight creeps along a shining floor? What scent of old wood hovers? What softened sound from the outside fills the air? Will you ever bring a better gift for the world than the breathing respect that you carry wherever you go? Right now? Are you waiting for time to show you some better thoughts? When you turn around, starting here, lift this. Now glimpse 
that you found. Carry into evening all that you want from this day. This interval you spent hearing this, keep it for life. What can anyone give you greater than now? Starting here, right in this room. When you turn around. All right, that was the first point. Here's the second one. It could happen any time. Tornado, earthquake, Armageddon. It could happen. Or sunshine, love, salvation. It could, you know. That's why we wake and look out. No guarantees in this life. But some bonuses, like morning, like right now, like noon, like evening. Hmm. Now on um, Nonin's Facebook page, I go to July 30th at 4.06 a.m. Mm, that's my time here in Bali, uh, I, I assume, yeah. This is from Mary Ellen Popyk. Popyk. P-O-P-Y-K. My cousin, Nonin Chawaini, passed away yesterday with his daughter, Jennifer Chawaini Blumenthal, by his side. He was a Buddhist priest and teacher and lived a simple life in service. We enjoyed talking about our love of whiskeys and appreciated being in the moment. He will be greatly missed by those whose lives he touched. Even death is not to be feared by one who has lived wisely. Buddha. Hmm, that's a nice quote. Even death is not to be feared by one who has lived wisely. Uh, Nonim was really good at knowing, you know, if I'd said, hey, that's attributed to Buddha, he might know where it came from. And there's a lot of nice pictures of him there. Wow, man. He was getting on in years. You know, I was thinking of calling him recently and saying hello. And, and uh, But uh, during that time, he died. <laughs> so maybe that's why I was thinking of it. Here's one uh, from uh, David Shinzen Nelson. Learned my Zen teacher, Nonin Chawaini, passed away yesterday. He was so influential in my life, more than words can express. He taught me how to sit, how to live. Memories of studying with him and bestowing me with my Raksu and Dharma name of Shinsen are some of my most treasured moments. He was a master of Japanese calligraphy and gardening and an excellent writer and human being. Rest in peace, Gosho. Uh, calligraphy, yes. Um, one thing I, I, I mentioned in uh, Thank You and Okay was I took him to uh, our calligraphy teacher, and she was blown away. She said uh, that he, 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 his calligraphy was the best she'd ever seen from a non-Japanese. Um, that's saying a lot. <laughs> I've got three pieces I'm going to be putting on his uh, cuke page that 
some people kindly sent me. This is from Gene Bailey. Sad to say goodbye to Noonan. I learned so much from him while practicing at the Zen Center. I learned about Zen practice and poetry and getting up again and again to sit or to clean or to do what needs done. Much love to Noonan and to family and friends. Nice picture of him there, too. Here's from Ron Simarena. I am grateful to have known him. He was one of a kind. (laughs) And this is from Beth Michael. Sorry for the loss of your friend. Prayers, rosaries, and candles. And this is from Natalie Doughty. My dear friend Nonin Chowaini left this world yesterday. Nonin was a Zen Buddhist priest. He was a master, teacher, gardener, poet, and calligrapher. He was masterful at accessing vast intellectual and emotional teachings and then letting them go. He was both austere and imposing and deeply vulnerable and compassionate. Irascible one moment and dancing joyfully in my living room the next. Life dealt him a series of blows that could have crushed him, but they didn't. Simple things brought him great joy, walking his dog, jazz music, his family, the neighbor kids, good whiskey. (laughs) There's whiskey again. (laughs) Babies, watching sports and talking with friends over coffee. I love you, Nonin. Go well, my friend. Carol Ann Fitzsimmons wrote, Sometimes when a relative passes, you are struck by the realization that you only knew a small part of who they were. Your view is limited to only who they were to you. And it isn't until you read so many touching tributes that you start to understand who they were to so many other people. This is especially the case with Nonin Chawaini. To me, he was a grandfather that came into my life suddenly, unexpectedly, and was so vastly different from anyone I had ever met. He introduced me to sushi and jazz, and we shared a love of animals, whiskey, (laughs) beer, baseball, except we argued over the Yankees, and reading. He liked to point out the things we had in common and jokingly take credit for them, especially height and intelligence. (laughs) And I like to startle people by casually saying, my grandfather is a Buddhist monk. I'm thankful for the small part of him I knew and the things he passed on. Carol Ann Fitzsimmons. So I tried to send a message to Kilke Roberts. Kilke Roberts is known as Dharma heir. But I, I got no response. So uh, he, you know, a lot of people don't check their Facebook uh, messages, and he's not in my email. But anyway, I just wanted to leave a little memorial podcast for a moment. And known in there's 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 a lot you can read uh, that he's written on uh, dot com. And I'm going to put more links. Uh, I've found some uh, talks he gave uh, that that, uh, I'm going to link to. 
I'm also saving them, but I'm not going to put them on Kook now because it's easier to link to them. But I, I take them and save them because things disappear on the Internet. Uh, I wish I'd done that with a lot of things through the years. Ah, anyway, known him. It was great knowing you, knowing you at the Zen Center in the 80s when Katagiri sent you there to study at Tassajara. Uh, it was good knowing you in Japan and you being such a uh, good friend and Wow, we shared a lot. I was I was at you know Shogoji over a month. I don't remember exactly how long. Sometimes I say six weeks, sometimes five weeks, probably five weeks. People tend to exaggerate, stretch things out, and I'm one of them. Uh, anyway, uh, he was a straight shooter. A uh, lot of things bugged him. His big, his big uh, problem that, that I experienced was anger, and you'll sure see that in Thank You and Okay. Mm, I'm just finishing that up, incidentally, the audio book. Uh, and I'll be shipping it off to Sean Bell. I'd say within two weeks, definitely, definitely, I swear. Ah, okay. So thank you, Nonin. Thank you, Yate, Yate, Parasite, Yate, no, gyate, gyate, para, gyate, parasam, gyate, bodhisvaha. Oh, and please pardon the sloppy recording. I had the mic pointed just too much right at my lips, and so we have some uh, popping uh, on the peas, like little explosions, plosives. You know, when I go like plosives, plosives. Like, I can't hear that here. Let's see if I can hear it there. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm listening on earphones as I record. Hmm. The first one I hit, I thought, oh, God, I got to do something about that. So um, uh, what I did was uh, run it through a high-pass filter, which uh, takes the bass out of it. And that worked. But then I had to boost the uh, the level. And that was too much trouble. So I thought, nah, I'll just leave them. But anyway... Very careless of me. Very thoughtless. My apologies. This has been a Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Senor with Doggy Bandita, Fila Gujita, and dear, lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.